Welcome to the Access Church Podcast. Grab out your note sheet and let's jump right into today's sermon. All right, before we get going, today is a celebration. Um, Four years. For some of us, we've been a part of that journey, yeah. The whole time, some of us, just probably in the last uh, few months, and so, uh, but it's been, it's been an amazing, uh, amazing journey for us. We, uh, a little over four years ago, um, a group of us uh, decided to uh, leave a great church, Cross Point Church there in Temecula, and, um, and begin to branch out to, to reach people uh, for Jesus. And the goal was, let's bring church to the people rather than asking people to come to a church. And so one of those things that if we're going to reach more and more people, we got to branch out rather than having people like, hey, come drive with me 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And so we wanted to branch out into South Riverside. And that's still the goal is to be a church and then be a church that as God lays it on people's heart, who knows that another group might want to start a church and we continue to expand. And I'm really excited as I've been praying about this as far as just so you guys know. Um, just this week, I was able to uh, talk to a guy up in Washington and he's a, a pastor up there. And so he called me and uh, found out that God's been laying on his heart to kind of come down here and plant a church. And that's always weird when two pastors talk because you never know if it's like, are you happy about that? Or you feel like I'm infringing on your area? Like pastors are weird dudes. And so, um, but I'm like, hey, the more the merrier. We got Riverside County needs Jesus. And there's all kinds of pockets that we can go to and bringing church to the people whether it's a building near them, whether it's a school near them, whether it's a home and opening up our homes. And so that's a long-term goal. And I just want, hey, I'm excited and we want to bring you in. So you might be meeting him in the next few months, uh, him and his family, and we're going to support them as far as seeing what God lays on his heart uh, because we're all on the same team. And so that's the vision that happened years ago. And we've been able to baptize uh, over 40 people in four years. And that's been just one of the greatest joys. Few of you, um, few of you are, are here that uh, got baptized. In fact, if you were baptized uh, here at this church, can you raise your hand? As far as those of you, raise your hand high. Wow, quite a few of you. It's been unexpected. I didn't know if one person would raise their hand. Yeah. But that's what we want, right? Didn't Jesus say, he goes, go, right? Make disciples, teaching and baptizing them. And so that's something we continue, uh, continually want to do. Uh, so we're going to just be uh, celebrating. So that's part of the thinking that you're going to be doing today. We're going to have a little bit of sharing. So get ready to share. Your voice is important today too. Part of the celebration with any celebration is sugar, right? And so we have we have uh, cake and we have uh, cupcakes and we're going to partake um, and in faith that will help us out and that uh, just celebrating together. And uh, the person that did this this week is Miley. And Miley is walking out right now. Good thing. That was good timing, Miley. I didn't know where you were. Miley, come on up here. Welcome. Not welcome, Miley, but uh, thank her as far as she did a lot of work. Um, and so uh, I don't know if there's anything I need to say about There's all different flavors, right, over there. Is there anything I need to tell them about? Did we do anything like special, like, like, is it all like ton, tons of gluten and sugar in it and all that kind of stuff? If you're gluten-free, you can sniff it. That's it. You can't eat it. Um, some of the cupcakes have filling in it. So if there's a strawberry on top of the cupcakes, that means there's strawberry filling in it. If there's raspberries, that means there's raspberry filling. And if there's nothing, then there's no filling. <laughs> Boom. All right. Yeah, thank you so much. So, yeah, made with love. So here's what we're doing is thanking her. Uh, this is from the church. So you got a little gift card in there. Uh, and then I found out that there's something special. I don't know what it is, but you want to open us, tell us what it is. But your mom said you wanted something special. I hope it's special. Go ahead. No, no. What is it that's, that's in there? Because I don't know what it is. It's not going to bite you. It's not a live animal. <laughs> well, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it might be. What is that thing? Yeah, that's not that's not good. There you go. Yeah, thank you so much. Seriously, we really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah. 
The cupcake that has nothing has enam has enamel in it. That that's the one with no. For you hardcore people, like I want fruit. I want enamel. Dang it! So today we're gonna take a a break from uh, John because it's always good to kind of just um, think about like what are we doing? Why are we doing it? Because um, you can get into the habit and you can become mindless. And if you notice, as you read through John, Jesus isn't into having mindless followers. That's not, he's not somewhere he's in. In fact, he purposely pushes people because if their heart and mind is into it, then he's like, don't follow me. And so, um, so I want to make sure that we're kind of on the same page about what this is about and what we're trying to do uh, today. Um, and that is, that is important that, that we know what's the, what's the reason for church, right? It's, it's really important. And it's uh, addressed in Ephesians chapter 4, if you want to begin to turn there. Ephesians 4, it's in the New Testament. And uh, Paul writes to a city that is struggling with this as far as why are we meeting together? And uh, that is, is, is uh, in a time of, of struggle and division, very much like kind of we are today. You have people all over the spectrum then. And especially back then, there was a huge division between what you would call Jews and Gentiles. Jewish people were a nation chosen by God in the Old Testament, uh, not to exclude other nations, but he chose them as the smallest and weakest nation to say, my glory is going to shine through you. And they forgot that the vision was that other nations then would look at you and want to follow me. But instead they thought, oh, we're chosen, we're better. And he chose us because he likes us more. And that creates a division between Gentiles, which are people of not, they don't have Israelite um, blood in them. They're not Jewish descendants, right? And so uh, that crept into the church. So when the church started, you had people that didn't really want to hang around together, didn't know how to hang around together. They had different cultures, different ways of doing things. And so Paul addresses that as far as what the church is uh, about. Um, in case you don't know how dumb I am, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a story to illustrate it. When I first had a car, um, there's all kinds of just these pictures on there. And I didn't know exactly what it was for, and I didn't want to ask. Uh, part of the problem with broken up, like in a broken home, is you don't really have that dad that you can go to to tell you kind of how to grow up and not do dumb things and things like that. And so I kind of began to just figure things out on my own. And, and uh, the problem is you do a lot of dumb things. And so the car that I had, um, the symbol kept coming up, and it had like what I thought was like a little water drop. It had like this little can and a water drop, and it kept blinking. And I was like, I don't know why that's blinking, but it looked like a water cup to me. So I just kept putting water in the, the radiator, and oh, I think he's blinking. Maybe it just needs more water. I'd overfill the radiator, and then it started making noises. You know? But I just didn't understand what was going on, so, and I didn't want to ask, because now at this point, now I'm embarrassed. And so um, this my first car... Uh, finally, it just literally stopped. I think they said the piston went to the oil pan or something, or I don't know, but it just, it was going, ka, 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 and it just went boom, and it just stopped. And so I just, I remember I was on the, a road and I just slowly drifted off. <laughs> I was like, this car is, is done. But I, I didn't know what everything meant. And you know what it was? Oil. Yeah. The, the drop was an oil drop, not a water drop, right? Should have figured that out when I kept doing the radiator overfill. I'm like, oh, this will fix it. And, but I didn't know, you know, nobody told me I was too embarrassed. And so, um, you know, I, I didn't know what that was for. And sometimes this can happen in church where I don't know what certain things are for. I don't know what certain things mean. And what happens is that can slowly break down the church to where the church isn't functioning like it should. Like you got to put oil in the car for it to function, right? And no matter how much I decorate the rest of the car, no matter how to make... You know, I remember I, I wanted to make the, the interior nicer, and I, I did some things within the car, and, and uh, that was back when, I don't know if it's still cool, like change your rims out, you know, put cooler rims on. I did all these things, but I should have been changing the oil. That was the most important thing. And what I find is we do that church where we want to decorate church, and our energy is in things that God doesn't primarily care about. Now, is it wrong to decorate a car? No. Is it wrong to have programs at church and make certain things better, nicer, little bells? It's not wrong, but it's wrong if you're not taking care of the oil. And I think what this pandemic has shown us, at least for me, is there's a red light blinking 
in churches and in Christians. To me, this has shown so much. It has shown our grasp of this life and how much death truly scares us. Like it truly does. Like we live as if this life is what it's all about. And so what happens is for many of us, we stop living by faith and we all of a sudden start living by fear. Um, I think what it showed how for some of us without a program, our walk with God, our relationship with God is maybe a little anemic or weak. As far as we, it's almost like we need the church to do certain things or I don't know how to. And so what happens is I don't have a personal relationship with God. I have a relationship with God through the church. And so the Bible talks about that, that no, God actually wants a personal relationship. He wants to transform your heart. He doesn't want you to be in an environment where he's transforming other people, not me. So it's revealed a, a lot. And so I think there's kind of a resetting going on and maybe even a resetting for our church. Just even numerically, we've been stripped down. So that means our finances are tighter. That means we can't do as much. Um, it means that there's more ownership now where everybody needs to own it uh, for this thing to go. Um, it means that you really want to come to church because you're probably going to be having your face in the sun, looking at the sun. You don't have air conditioning. There's no pads on those tables, right? Some of you guys, you got to really want to come here. Where before we could do things to make it like, come on, bring people. Oh, we got this. We got that. And churches have lost that. And so I think this is a great time for us to evaluate. And, and what is the church about? And are we maybe looking at certain things that the oil thing's flashing and we're not paying attention? Or for some of you, you don't even know what that flashing means. <laughs> Ephesians chapter four, this is after Ephesians three. I know I did a deep study on that. So I, <laughs> you guys are like, why do we pay you? Like what, seriously? <laughs> to do things like that, to let you know that chapter three comes before chapter four. Why is that important? Whenever you read the Bible, make sure that you read Whatever you're reading, go before and go after because there's context there. Otherwise, you take it out of context. Paul just prayed and said, listen, this is my prayer for you. My prayer for you as someone that, that is starting churches, this is the heart of God, is that you would be rooted deeply in God's love that surpasses our knowledge. So anytime you try to figure out how much God loves you, you can't imagine. We easily see that as far as if you have a kid, right? five, six, seven, eight years old, can they imagine how much you love them? They, they, they can't. They truly can't just the emotion, right? Maybe even going up to 17, 18, 19, 20. They, they, in fact, they'd say most of the time, they can't imagine how much they're loving until they have a kid or sing them a dog or a cat, right? Then you can begin to, depending on what type of dog, it's got to be a cute one, an ugly one, no. But a, you know, a cute dog, and maybe not a cat, but maybe a kitten, right? Then you can understand how much love, right? But, but even like, like animals, like it is. You know, it's have animals. That's a part of the family. As much as I make fun of that and things like that, like I will cry when Bailey goes to doggy heaven, right? That's, she's a part of our family. But, and so it's hard to imagine. And in and, and the same way you're saying, that's the same way you can't imagine how much God loves you, how much he cares about today, tomorrow. But we can feel like he doesn't, right? When I go through a health crisis, maybe a financial crisis, maybe my dreams are being shattered. I'm not getting what I want. It's hard to think that God truly loves me and wants the best for me and is, is rooting for me and has a plan for my significance and my success. But Paul says, this is my prayer for you. You need to understand that. So this is chapter four coming out of this. And so then he says, listen, in, in verse one, as a prisoner for the Lord then, I urge you, so in view of his love, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. What's the calling? That you know Jesus intimately. That's the calling. The simple calling is day in, day out, that you walk with God. Simple. When people are like, what's my calling for tomorrow? What's, it's to simply trust Jesus. And I don't want to move beyond that calling because how many of us, it's tough each day to trust God. Right? I can do it for one day. Maybe if I come off like a conference or a you know a men's retreat or women's retreat, I can do it for three or four days. But then that fifth day when there's a problem and something shakes my faith or it's not going the way, I, I can almost easily forget about it or just trust him and I become anxious or I become worried or I get fearful or I get angry. Right? Those emotions show us something about our faith and our trust in God. And he says, listen, 
live a life worthy of the calling you received to, to know Jesus. And he said this, in order to do that, how do I live out the calling? Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. So he's addressing the church. He says, listen, in light of God's love, right? Here's how I want to urge you. Live out the calling. If I feel loved by God, if I understand my calling, if I understand how much God loves me, then I want you now to be a church, to be a group of people that now you love like God has loved you. You don't love each other depending on how they treat you. I love based off how God has treated me. And he says, so in view of this, make every effort to keep unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called to one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and the Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. He said, listen, we're all bonded together. What makes Christianity, what makes the church unique is we're bonded by God. Not just by some kind of, um, you know, mission or just some desire. We're bonded as far as we all have been impacted by the love and grace of Jesus. Now let's skip down. To verse 11, because now he addresses the church. Because he wants them to understand what kind of church they need to be to live out this calling. So verse 11, he says, So Christ himself gave to us the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers to do works of service so that other people don't. Is that what your Bible says? That's a my. Right? So Christ gave us apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service. So he's saying, listen, if you've been impacted by the love of Jesus, then now I want you to live out that mission for Jesus by being unified as a church. We are now the hands and feet of Jesus. This is how the world is impacted. What leaders do is they equip the people. They don't do the work for the people. That's called enabling. What happens is leaders live out in a way that, first of all, set an example in life, in love, in forgiveness, in humility. But then they equip people. They train people so that we know how to practically live that out for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. How is the body of Christ built up? When people are trained. And they see themselves working for God. They're just not in relationship with God, but now I'm working for God. Why am I working for God? Because I've been impacted by his love. That's chapter three. I understand how much he loves me. And I want other people to experience that love. So he says that we equip until we've all reached unity in faith. And he goes on to say that we may be, be built up, reaching unity in the faith and the knowledge of the son of God and become, what's that word? Mature, attaining to the whole measure and fullness of Christ. So his goal for the church is that the church would look exactly like Jesus. Why do we gather? To learn about Jesus so we can look like Jesus so that we can work for Jesus. That's why we're here. We are here to learn so we can look like him. So we can live that out and then we can work for him. So when I'm here, my heart is this, we're united by this curiosity to learn about Jesus so I can look like Jesus, so I can live out for Jesus. So if we're not living out for Jesus, we gotta go back and say, where are we breaking down here, right? But the church really is this training center. I almost look at it like a, like, a, um, like a martial arts studio. Like any of you that have done like martial arts or anything like that, do you go and sit there for an hour as they tell you about martial arts and read a book and then you go home? No, that'd be boring. What do you do? They talk for about five minutes and then you roll for about 30 and 40 minutes feeling stupid all along the way. But you get better. Yet you learn from one another. But we're all unified what? We're all unified with the purpose of Whatever that martial art is, squeezing the person, choking them out, tapping it, right? We're all unified, but we practice it. 
We practice and we fail, we fail, but we have a goal of eventually we're going to succeed. We practice here. We train, we learn. How did Jesus forgive? How can I forgive like him? Boy, he forgave over and over and over and over again. How did Jesus love? How was he, how did, how did he serve other people? How did he speak truth? When was he angry and when was he sad? That's why we're going through John. The reason we're going through John, not to be a good church that studies about Jesus, but so we can look at that saying, how can I implement that? Because of his love for me, I want to love like him. The way he's loved me, I want to love like him. And we're all unified with that vision. So that's why we sacrifice. That's why we come together. And I think the church is in a unique spot right now for us to, we can't do a lot. And maybe I'm a little bit thankful. Maybe we need to slow down because if we don't look like Jesus, it wouldn't be good to work for Jesus if we don't look like him. We wouldn't be representing him well. You guys, this is why I've been pretty stern and strong as far as just like in the way we represent him. When you do a social media post, you represent Jesus. The way you speak, what are you passionate about? This whole thing is bubbled up about what we're truly passionate about. Am I, am I truly passionate about my way of life? And if my way of life changes, if this nation changes, it's not the nation that I grew up with. And here's the thing, that's not bad to be like, man, I, I kind of like this. I don't want this to change. That's fine. But is that my greatest passion where I will get angry, but... I could care less about reaching someone that's disconnected from God that in the next 34 years, they could be separated from him forever. I don't read anything about Jesus where he's trying to change Rome. How dare Rome do this? Rebel! He's like, hey, Rome is Rome. Give to Rome whatever's Rome. Whatever they tax us, my taxes are going up. Who cares? I'm here for the purpose of there's people disconnected from God that he absolutely loves, and we have the job of telling them this good news that God loves you He's got a great plan for you and you can be in a relationship with it and it'll change your life. It'll give you peace, comfort, vision, focus. Is that being lost? So this is a great time for us maybe not to do a lot and to focus on as far as becoming like Jesus. So that way when our society opens up, we can really work for Jesus. How do we do that? How do we get there as far as being a church that every week we're focused on learning from Christ to be like Christ so I can live out Christ. Well, he says it right in the beginning. Let's go back to the beginning. In the beginning of Ephesians 4, he says this, I urge you to live this kind of a life worthy of the calling you received. How do I do it? We have to be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Humility. Humility, my biggest prayer for the church, because some of us right now are like, Brian, what are we doing next? When are we going to do this? When are we gonna... I have no idea. I have no idea. When are we going to go inside? I have no idea. Don't know. Even when we were talking about starting connection groups again, as elders, we're like, this is just too crazy of a time. So we're going to hold off on that. We're going to take it month by month. Like, we don't know. When are we going to start meeting you know, homes again or outside again? We don't know. We're going to take it month. We got to kind of pace ourselves. But here's what I do know is this is a great time maybe for us to evaluate ourselves saying, if we're going to be that kind of church, do we have this kind of a heart? And he says, to live this out, you have to be completely humble and gentle. Philippians chapter 2 defines what humility is. He says, you can't be humble if you think of yourself as better than others. That means I think of myself before them. My comfort, my needs, my wants. And he says, to be ultimately humble, you have to think of yourself as far as not just before others, but before God. Do I think of God's needs before my needs? Let me ask you guys something. What are God's needs? That's not a rhetorical question. This is interaction time. What does God need this week? You got to yell at it out. I'm getting older. I can't hear you. I can barely see you. What? Obedience. Love, mercy, ooh, you said a word, we all, everyone just looked down, Ugh. repentance, faithfulness, don't deviate, 
I mean, you guys are all bringing up, this is a biblical knowledge, knowledgeable church, right? You're bringing up, those are all things. So let me ask you something. Is that our greatest need this week is to repent? Or do we put off repentance saying, ah, it's not that bad. It's not hurting me that bad. It's not hurting others that. Or do we have secret sins maybe? They're like, well, it's not affecting. Nobody knows. So, but the greatest need is, hey, repent. That's the thing blocking me from a passion for God, a love for God, the ability maybe to even, I know for me, I've noticed, I don't know if, I'll be honest. You don't have to be super honest. I won't have you share this in groups. But have you noticed when there's little sins, and all sin is a rebellion. It's a rebellious spirit towards God, right? That he's kind of leading sin. Do you notice when we begin to harbor sin, all of a sudden you have a less love for the church and it's easier to skip or, oh, I'm kind of tired today or I'm kind of, and I always find it, you know, you know, we'd be like, oh, I just had a long week. Or we do this. But really I find that church engagement, and I'm talking for me and I work here, right? But it's one of those things where when there's things that you're harboring, and there's a little bit of rebellion, it's easy to be like, I lose the passion for the church. That's kind of a telltale sign, right? And that's why he's saying, listen, for the church to be what it needs to be. What's the church? The church is supposed to be what the nation of Israel is in the Old Testament, that we shine so bright that people say, how do you have peace in the midst of a pandemic? How do you, how do you stay faithful to God when he hasn't blessed you the way you've wanted to? How do you, how do you, how do you, how are you so generous when it looks like God hasn't given you a lot, and yet you, whatever he gives you, you're generous with. Like how do, that we live in such a way that it makes the world curious to follow God. How do we get there? It starts with humility. What is humility? God, what do you need this week? What do you need from me? Or what do you need to do through me? Think about that. What do you need from me? What do you need to do through me? What I hate about preaching, well, what I like about, I don't want to start with that. What I like about preaching is, it's fun to talk about these things with you guys. I miss groups because it gets fleshed out even more. And, and I feel like um, I always want the discussions to be better than the sermon, that we're going somewhere with it, you know what I mean? Um, and that shouldn't be hard at this church, right? And so the discussions should be better than the sermons. But you mull on these things, and one of the things I hate about preaching is I have to mull on it before I talk to you guys. And, and one of the things I tell the elders, and they did a phenomenal job of of preaching, and they're gonna be preaching more. And I'm excited to preach with a group of people uh, this year. Um, but one of the things that they even brought up, I'm like, how was it preaching and all that kind of, and one of the guys, I think it was Justin, might've been you, I forget who, but, uh, but they're like, oh, the hardest part wasn't preaching, it was just living out what I was preaching. That's what the hardest part was. And what the hardest part is not just living out what we preach, but the hardest part is living out what we hear then as the people being equipped. The win is that we live it out, not that we hear it. The win isn't that we cry or get the chills. The win is that we're then obedient and we're able to follow through with it. But it's so exciting when you do that. So I was thinking about this as far as what, God, what does God need this week? And so, um, you know what I tried to do this week is, well, two things. Um, one is I, I, I shared, I think it was with my family. Maybe it was just been Christine. But I, I, I've kind of, like, without the habits, like, I feel like the pandemic has gotten us out of habits. Um, I just kind of went to, like, in my free time in the car, I used to listen to a lot of worship music, and I kind of just, like, got back into 80s music, which is kind of like worship to me, you know, but just listening to New Shoes, Baby, I Can't Wait, and Berlin, Take My Breath Away, and all those kinds of beautiful songs, the best songs ever in the 80s. And so, but I told my family, you know, just one of those things, I'm like, I want to get back to listening to worship music. Like, it just kind of changes my heart when I'm in the car, and, and just, and I stop listening to talk radio, I'm off now Facebook, and those have been great things uh, for my heart and seeing that when God, God even leads me in those things, like repentance isn't always like these major sins, like, man, I did cocaine last week. I need to stop doing cocaine. Right. Like these big things or man, I need to stop going and getting drunk and hammered. And the, like, those are big things because they have big consequences, but sometimes God wants to change those little things that necessarily aren't these big impactful things. What I noticed is me being on social media, it, it caused angst and it actually caused anger towards people. That's not good. That's just, you know, that's not a godly thing. <laughs> So by getting off, I felt the Holy Spirit's like, you don't have to be on it. Also, I felt this pressure of that's the way that the church is going to grow. we got to do these things. And I'm like, oh, that's not right. And so you're going to find that God leads in these little things. But just like listening to worship music, it's just changed my heart this week. And here's what I noticed as far as like listening to God, right? So I can become like God, so I can live for God, is um, I just also have more of a heart of evangelism this week and a heart for strangers, 
starting conversations. I was at a, a Jersey Mike's and uh, just had to wait there for a few minutes. And I found myself praying, like, God, give me the opportunity just to have a conversation. I never do that. Usually I'm like, get my sandwich done now. Oh, you're so, right? I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about the, the, the food. And by listening to God so I can become like God, so I can live for God, oh, start listening to worship music. Okay, so I'm repenting there, and it really was repentance. Stop listening to talk radio and these kind of things. Oh, that's what you're doing, God. I'm listening to worship music. Now all of a sudden I'm like, I just have this heart for strangers that when I'm not connected and listening and humble and receiving from God, I don't have, and I'm in a Jersey Mike's, I could care less about my sandwich, and I'm actually praying. I'm in there thinking, how many of these people know Jesus? Isn't that weird how, but you got to be humble, saying not what I want this week, which is Jersey Mike's or food or whatever it is, but what does God want? And that can go to anything, go to your finances and go to your relationships. Humility says, what do you want before what do I want? And here's the cool thing I find about God is if you find out what he wants, here's what you find is it's actually truly what you want deep down. You just don't know it. That's the beauty of following God is his needs actually become your deepest desires. And that's what changes your heart. So how are we a church that can be united? As Paul said, the vision of this church is how do we stay united in mission, united in relationships, humility. Consider other people better than yourselves. Consider God's desires and needs more than yours this week and watch him begin to transform. And here's the cool thing. When we do that, then when we show up, we're already unified. We're already, we already can't wait to see what God does. Because here's the thing, we don't know. We don't know what God's trying to do this week, this month, this year. We don't know how he's going to use our church, but we know we can be ready if we're unified if we're humble and we have hearts that we're ready to learn to be like God so we can live for God. And that starts with humility. That's going to be our theme this year, being humble, being ready to receive so we can be transformed, so we can live for him. Now, here's the thing is we're trying to plan out some things and figure some things out as a church. Um, we want your help with that. This is why you guys have all the papers there. So there's a few things that you don't have to talk about in a group, but a few things we want you to, to uh, think about kind of on your own. So one thing that we want you to write, because you're going to turn this in, so make sure your name's on the paper. And yeah, and if you've already written stuff that's bad or bad about me, you've already written it on there, you might want to scratch that out, right? I'm bored. This is stupid. Blah, blah, blah. You know, right? Cross that out. Or put someone else's name so they look bad. Yeah, put someone else's name so they look bad. So here's the first thing we want to know is, Yes or no, as far as number one would be this, um, with connection groups, okay? With connection groups. In the next month, would you be willing, as far as yes or no, getting together, either outside at a home? Um, are you there yet or no? We want to kind of figure out for our churches how fast do we move forward. We don't want to move too fast. We want to move too slow. And Here's the thing. Are you willing to meet in person, yes or no? And there's no right or wrong answer. We want to know your heart of hearts. So I was like, I'm not ready or I am ready. The other thing is if we had a video group, would that be something that you're interested in? So those, those two things right there is what we want to know. So number one, when it comes to connection groups, just write connection groups. And under that, as far as meeting in person, yes or no, and then meeting for video, would you be interested? And if we're split on that, we might start some different things. Or if the majority of our church is not ready to meet, we're probably going to slow down on that. Here's the other thing we're thinking through as a church is we feel like that the mission of God can never be stopped um, because of what's going on as far as in rules of the land or laws or pandemics or things like that. It might change the way we do it, right? But it can never be stopped. And so here's one of the things I want you to think through, and I want you guys to discuss it. I want you to get in groups. But first, take a few minutes to think about this is what are some ways this year as of things are now, what are some ways this year we can reach people disconnected from Jesus? So number two is, what are some ways we can reach people disconnected from Jesus? And I want you to think about this. I want you to slow down for a second. As far as, is this an, on, is there an online way? Is there a relational way? Is there a program? But, but think about just even in your world. 
in your world, think about people that are disconnected from either church or disconnected from God. What are ways maybe that you think, why, why doesn't the church do this or why don't we do that? It could be in your family. It could be friends. It could be in the neighborhood. But I want you, before you talk to anyone, just think about that. And don't, don't shoot down an answer yet. But what are some creative ways the church can be a movement this year no matter what's going on around us? Think about that for a couple minutes. Maybe for some of us, we want to pray. Just kind of, God, speak to me right now. But we really want to hear from you guys as far as is God maybe laying some things in your heart that we could think about and pray about as a church. So just so you guys know, our Sundays are going to include a lot more of this. We're going to do a lot more interaction, making sure that we understand that God speaks through all of us because we don't know the future. Even things like we were talking this morning about the campus. Like, are there different places we can move to that provide more shade? We're looking at the parking lot. It has a solid structure. Do we bring chairs out there? give people the shade, and then we put the worship. Like, we're, we're thinking through. And so one of the ways that we can be unified is just to realize that your thoughts matter. And thinking through, how do we make this environment better and better as far as not just for us, but maybe people that are disconnected from Jesus that come here. Um, we're going to be thinking through probably the next stage of adding something to our ministry will be children's ministry. And at what level, without going back to the old stressful way of children's ministry and nobody, you know, struggling to get volunteers and Nayeli and Celine are 13 weeks on and one week off and they're like, how do we do it in a way? And so we're going to be, we're going to begin to talk these things through as a church. And so um, your participation and your opinion are going to matter in that um, for us to be unified and continue to move forward in the way that God uh, wants us to. So just so you know, we're going to be trying things out. You might show up next week or the week after because it gets hotter. We might, before it gets hot, try to go out in the parking lot. So one of the themes this year for us is be flexible. When you show up, who knows what's going to happen. But here's the other thing I was thinking about as far as being unified. And you might start seeing this in the next few weeks. And I'll start using Facebook to do this. And we'll start talking about on Sundays is I think it'd be cool each week for about four weeks for us to have a theme that we're all trying to do together. And then we share on Sunday morning how that goes. I'm thinking about starting that in the next few weeks. So maybe this next week it'd be prayer. What if we are a people of prayer and we prayed about everything all the time? So our commitment this week is praying daily, praying throughout the day, and praying about all things. And we talk about it on Facebook, but we just try it out this week. Just extra prayer. And then next Sunday, before the sermon, we're going to have a little bit of sharing time. What was that like? And then the following week might be like, hey, we're going to be generous. Give something. Give words of encouragement. Give money. Give time but be generous this week. And we're all doing it. We're all unified. So that, that word unity is really standing out to me. How can we be unified in accomplishing things as a church? So I'm going to be pushing us in that, just so you know, as far as something that I know we can do together. We can talk about it since we're not meeting in groups yet. We can talk about it. And then we're going to share. And here's why I like sharing. You guys will notice this. Because sharing is accountability. Because what a lame church if next week we show up, I'm like, how'd prayer go? And it's just crickets. And what does that tell us? The red light's blinking. Why would God grow us if we can't even pray for a week? We need to learn to pray for a week. Does that make sense? It's going to show us where there's certain weaknesses that's like, hey, we need to strengthen that up. So I don't mind awkward silence. I don't mind if we show up. It's like, nobody prayed this week? Then week two will be prayer. <laughs> because a praying church is the best way to grow a church. Not just, hey, let's do shiny things and try to, Right? So does that make sense? So that'll be kind of a theme that you guys will see over the next few weeks, trying to unify us each week, having kind of a theme as we, um, and then be able to share it and encourage one another with it. And hopefully why? So we mature ourselves. All right, so here's what we want to do. In groups now, we've got a few minutes. There's prizes for this too. There's prizes, no, high, like, like this is high, like thousands of dollars, all right? So you want to try. But here's what I want you to do. Get in groups around the table. Find a group, and if you're social distancing, then set up the opposite ends, right? But, but group up a little bit. Each group, I want you to come up with what's, talk about what your idea was, 
each group come up with one idea of what do you think is maybe one cool creative way that we can begin to do reach people who are disconnected from God or church. So you gotta you gotta get it down to one idea. You guys gotta discuss it, debate it, and maybe you know choose like let's go with this. But what's maybe one creative or cool way that this year as a church we can think about reaching people disconnected from church or from God? All right. So find a table group somewhere, circle up. Got to be at least three or four people, and discuss that. Come up with each group. Come up with the best idea. Remember, thousands of dollars in prizes. So make sure you put effort in. Go for it. We might have to go with more than one idea for groups. I already heard a few ideas that are coming out of groups, more than one. All right, so let's let's do this. We ready? Okay, so from each group, maybe 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 there's more than one. If you have top two or three that that, that you really like, but what are some ideas? I'll go we'll, go, we'll go around. So as what, what did each group, maybe what are the top few ideas that you felt like, oh, that kind of resonated with everybody. If your idea is not the top idea, this is your chance to work on patience and forgiveness and unity, you know? It's okay. It's all right. All right, let's start with this group here. What are some of the top ideas that you guys, none? Okay, I'll go to the next one. <laughs> yeah. All right, go for it. Who's the spokesman or woman? Yeah, from... Boom. We'll be a door dashing church and then put a little note on the door dash. As far as you need Jesus more than no tip, just the Bible verse. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, just give a few then. Just what? So just exposure, letting people know that there is a church meeting outdoors. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Uh-huh. So let me stop you there. This is the beauty of talking about. It. This is the beauty of being unified in a church where everybody owns it. Where it's not a few people doing the work, figuring out a lot, and then telling you this is what we're doing, but you guys coming up with it because we equip you, the Holy Spirit speaks to you, and you have a voice, right? So you know someone that's anxious, and especially, again, we're, we're, we're from the context of reaching people disconnected from Jesus, right? Um, what, how, how cool would it be if you knew that at church, that our church was so generous that we had the money that if someone was anxious or, you know, like that, that they've never experienced, let's say, counseling and things like that, they can't afford it. But it's like, you know what? What if we took care of that? What if we said, we want to love on them, you know? And so you could offer it with confidence being like, hey, we'd love to, we'd love to love your family. We'll take care of that, you know? Or a, a child is anxious during school, right? They're online. They're having a hard – and so – your mindset, what I love about that is your mindset is you see a problem in society and saying, how can access church rather than we'll just pray for you? How about we actually are proactive in loving them and figuring out a way to do that? That's great. Seeing a need, seeing a problem, saying, how do we address it? Just so you guys know, too, historically, children's ministry is always your number one outreach to people. So if you guys wonder why we need to have a strong children's ministry, we want to, and we want to focus on that, is because that's usually the number one, at least here in America, our society. So when you don't focus on a good children's ministry, you actually lose out on evangelism and outreach. Because um, a lot of times, if you reach the kids, you reach the adults. That's just how it... 25 years of ministry, that's what I've seen. 
So just so those of you that are like, oh, I'll fill a spot. Okay, come here, you little rat. You know, I'll play with you. You know, like that's your. Now you wouldn't say that at church because you're like, oh yeah, I'm doing this for Jesus. But your heart of hearts is like, I really don't want to be here. You know, just so you know, this is when we're unified, saying, hey, when you serve in children's ministry, doesn't even matter if you love kids or not. It's about outreach. It's about when you love on them, you're loving on the family. Then they, and then when a church wants to then invite people to church, knowing that the, their kids are going to have a great time. Does that all make sense? This is when the church is unified and children's ministry is an outreach, not, all right, let's hang out the kid. You know, it becomes bigger than that. So great ideas. All right, back there. I expect, I have high standards for this group back there. High standards. Lower? Okay, we're going to lower them. You got one. All right. No, no, don't go off that from you got to come. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, go for it. Ooh. I love that. I'd love to be able to participate as a church that we're doing that, that we're delivering, we're helping people in need. Yeah, these are awesome. Yeah, the small business go and just love on them. And it gets us in our community and them knowing that, hey, we care. We want to support you guys financially. Awesome. All right, I'll go to my family in the back. You guys had a couple, couple good ideas. What were they? Evie just took over. <laughs> All right, so using the social media platform as far as getting on uh, Instagram Live, as far as having that that um, that impact there, awesome. That'd be something that'd be easier for us to do, right? Okay, good. All right, <laughs> yeah. Uh oh. That's indoors, but yeah. Yeah, but even like going to the beach or things like that, but outdoor things that then are an outreach, but it's done with the mindset of, hey, let's reach out. Bring someone disconnected from church. Don't just, all right, so almost like a club format or things that we could do, activities. Awesome. All right, a couple more groups, and then the worship team, go ahead and worship team's gonna come on up. You guys right here, and I'll go to you guys in the back. Go for it. Something in the neighborhoods. Yeah, bringing the church to the neighborhoods. Awesome. Uh-huh. Taking church to the people, to the beach, to the parks. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a great thing for some of us that have a backyard that would work for that. What if what if we didn't? Yeah, front of the house, back of the house, but are we doing things where we show a movie, show something, especially with outdoor TVs now? I mean, TVs are so, you know, easily put it outside. Yeah. One more group in the back. Someone raise their hands. Yeah. So just getting out there in the neighborhoods where people are, having something available, things like that. Yeah. 
So as you guys are talking, just so you know, what I'm thinking is this might change our services for now where rather than every week, it's going to be the same thing, you know, worship, listen, worship, community, you know, we might change it up where you might show up and it's like, hey, we're going to go walk around. You know what I mean? That's our, that's our service. We're going to pray. Why? Because the goal isn't a good church service. The, bowl, the goal is to know Christ, to be like Christ, to live out for Christ. That's the goal, right? So we want to be really goal-oriented, just so you know, not program-oriented. And we, will, we want to live on mission. We want to live on mission as far as this. The greatest need is this, is that Jesus came to seek those and save those who were lost. He died on the cross and rose again to show that we don't need to fear death because we're living forever. And it means this, no matter how easy or hard life is for us as Christians, we have the greatest thing, and that's to know Jesus. And the greatest thing anybody needs is not another stimulus check, not a better education, not for everything to work out for them, not for their day to go perfect, to get the job. The greatest thing is that you can wake up saying, I know who God is, and I know him. That's the greatest thing that'll give you peace more than anything else, okay? Here's what I want to encourage us is keep that going. Be part of the church because a strong church is not two or three staff people thinking about everything and doing everything. A strong church is when you're equipped and then we grow up together and we encourage one another in love. That's what's going to help us be a strong church. This will continue, and I want to let you know for the rest of this year, this will probably be the type of service that we're going to change things up make it more interactive, make it more missional. So you're going to need flexibility because sometimes you're not going to know what you show up to. So that's 2021. For you planners, get ready, do some counseling. It's going to be okay. And, uh, and we'll see what God does because we don't know what's ahead. Jesus, as we worship you, um, I'm just thankful for this church. God, for us, I'm reminded that success has been surviving this year as a small church. We got booted out. The finances went down. Some people aren't here. And God, it created a lot of chaos, but there was peace with you. And I think it's bonded us together in friendship and love. I think it's bonded some of us as far as like, hey, no matter how uncomfortable or comfortable church is, we're going to be here. And that's encouraged us, God. Lord, now we want to be used by you, but we can't be used by you if we're not like you. I pray we'd be a church that we don't care about the program, we care about the mission. We care about having hearts that are transformed like yours so that we can live above the fray. We can live above the rhetoric. We can live above the politics. We can live above what this world lives for. The pleasure, the comfort, the adoration. We don't care about any of that because we know when this life is done, we just stand before you and our goal is that we'd hear, great job. I love you so much. That's our goal, God. So we worship you because you've saved us, you've loved us, and we worship you because we, we know that you're gonna use us. And we're excited for this year, not because we know what's ahead, but we know who we're walking with. So we worship you now, God. We take communion in honor of you. It unites us together in your blood, in your brokenness that we're all forgiven. We love you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information or to get in contact with our pastoral staff, please go to go toaccesschurch.com.